tremendous way to start our service this morning. That uh, song is powerful, every word of it. Thank you, Paul, music team, for leading us in that. This morning we have a special service uh, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Um, this is a time we do as a church family uh, three or four times a year, and we like to make it a, um, a really a big deal. So we'll be spending the entire service uh, looking at uh, who Christ is and what he's done for us. And uh, also today we've asked, I've asked Tyler Babb to join me in just a few minutes, and he's going to share uh, just his story of how he has come to faith in Christ in um, just recently and, and just the, the story behind that, the backstory. Uh, because really, as we celebrate this morning, it is a celebration. Uh, what Jesus did for us and for the world uh, to live a perfect life, uh, to die on the cross, to rise from the dead, to shed his blood for the sins of the world is a cause for rejoicing. I mean, it's something to, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's very sobering to think about, but at the same time, it's very celebratory. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Uh, perhaps you have had a memorable meal. Have you ever had a memorable meal? I'm not talking about the food as much as the company. You ever remember just maybe even thinking back to Christmas or Thanksgiving or a time when something significant happened? Perhaps you got engaged over a meal. Uh, but something that you remember, a memorable type meal. I, I have several that I remember. I won't share them all this morning, but I will share one. Uh, my brother-in-law, Dan, not my brother-in-law, Adam, but Dan, uh, he and I traveled together prior to us getting married, me to Diana and him to my sister, Michelle. And uh, we traveled together for a whole semester, uh, kind of promoting the school that we went to and sharing uh, the gospel and, and just uh, traveling to different churches and schools. And there was one specific time that we were invited out to eat after church, and we were going with a family um, actually to their home, and she had this table decked out. I mean spread. There were three forks on one side, a couple of spoons on the other, some knives or some silverware up the top of your plate. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, we knew just walking in that this was going to be a special occasion and we had better shape up. There were six of us college students and we needed to behave like adults. And so we got in there and sat at the table and uh, the napkin was there and, and uh, every, we tried to do everything just proper. And there came out, there was a server who came out and put a big juicy 12 ounce T-bone steak on each of our plates. And our mouths were watering. We were just starving. And so we go to eat, and, and I started before the hostess. And she looked at me, and everyone else looked at me, and I will never forget the shame of cutting my steak before the hostess began. But fortunately, all eyes were taken off me when my brother-in-law, Dan, went to take and cut a piece of steak when the entire steak slid off of his plate into his lap. <laughs> and it is a memory that will last through eternity. We will make fun of Dan for that. As that lady, just her jaw dropped, her eyes got big, and we all wish we could leave. As she picked the steak up off of his dress pants and put it back on the plate <laughs> and continued to eat. But it was a memorable meal. A memorable meal. I will never forget it. Neither will Dan. And neither will that woman. 
This was a memorable meal for the 12 disciples in Jesus. The Last Supper. It's termed that because it is really the last Passover. This is something that the Jews had celebrated for a couple of thousand years. The celebration of the Israelites coming out of Egypt and the death angel passing over them because the people of Israel had put the blood on the doorposts and the mantle of their, of their homes. And they had sacrificed a lamb and shed that blood and put that over there. And it was to foreshadow. It was a shadow of what was to come. And Jesus is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And so this was the Last Supper. And so these words, and if you want to read what happened regarding it during that supper, you can read John chapter 13 through 17. And all of the, the teaching and the words that went on during that Last Supper, Jesus shares with us as John records it in his book. But this is memorable. And you'll see it here in the verse. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. And that was new. That was unique. That was different. This is this is not the same. Jesus is equating his flesh with this bread. And within 24 hours, Jesus would have died on the cross after this supper. And then he says, drink of this cup because it is my blood. And he's saying, no longer is there a shadow. The Passover is no longer the shadow of what is to come. I am here and I'm getting ready to sacrifice my body for the sins of the world. And I know you and you, you're the same as me. I am so grateful for the grace of God. In other passages, Jesus says he, he, we give thanks and he breaks the bread and distributes. the. we are grateful for what Jesus has done. And the term is the Eucharist. And this is what we'll celebrate this morning. It's the, the bread and the cup. And it's the word is, is a word of thanksgiving. Grateful hearts, what, who Jesus is and what he's done. And I, I, I thought about asking Tyler to come up and share for just a couple of minutes his story of how he's come to Christ and just the unique circumstances surrounding it to encourage all of us and to really strengthen us in our walk and our relationship with the Lord. So, Tyler, you come. We'll... So Tyler has been, is it working? Hello. Tyler has been, uh, you've been coming to Valley now for a little over a year. Yeah. Correct? About a year and eight months, I think, okay. actually. Has it been that long? Wow. It's been a long time. Wow. No, about a year and a half. You guys are getting old. <laughs> um, and you uh, came as a, you, were, you started dating Paula, and Paula said, you know, we need to find a church. She did. You visited Valley, and it stuck. Yeah. It was the first church we came to, and it just, we loved it. So you continue from there. Well, um, I mean, I had never, I'd gone to church with actually my dad, who is here today, um, and his uh, ex-wife a long time ago. And I was so young, I never really, I never really thought too much about like what Jesus had done for us and what God had done for us. And so as a kid, I never really took Christ in. I never did, I never opened my heart to him and thought about, you know, what he's done for us. But then I stopped going to church completely until I met Paula. 
And at, right before then was probably the time where I was the furthest away from God I'd ever been. So I'm so grateful that she brought us back to church. And um, But then the year 2013 came across, and uh, it, was a, it was a rough year, a very rough year. Um, but it started off with some exciting news because my sister um, was pregnant uh, with twins. And my dad and I, you know, we... We just couldn't believe it. We never thought it would happen. And then the bad news came, and my dad had liver failure. Um, well, to, to give some background to that, actually, I we went up to the mountains for a Labor Day weekend. And we came back, and I went back to my house alone. because um, And I just had this feeling something was not right. I, I just I knew that my dad was not in a good place, and... He, he had been already, I'd seen his transformation. He used to be, you know, healthy. But, you know, over time, he, he, he actually, believe it or not, he became bigger than my sister um, in pregnancy. His, his stomach was so gina- ginormous. <laughs> it, you do know he's sitting right there. Yes. Okay. And I, I, I'm going I'm to sure. embarrass him. But look how good he looks now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and so I, I went into the, his room that day, and I was like, Dad, you're going to the hospital today. And he didn't want to. And I said, well, if you don't come today, I'm going to call the ambulance. And I'm going to make them come get you. And he's like, no, just give it a couple days. And I just, I had this feeling I couldn't, and now I know it was God. Um, Like, I I know for sure. But at the time, I hadn't even, I still hadn't accepted God as my Savior, uh, Jesus as my Savior. So I I went downstairs, and I called my mom. And um, I, I told her what my dad was like. And... You know, that I didn't feel he had another day to live. And so my stepdad got on the phone with me, and he's like, call 911. And so I got off the phone, and I couldn't do it. I just could not do it. But I was dialing 91, and I just could not hit the last one and do it because I knew he did not want me to do it. I just had this, because I, I never wanted to go against what he wanted. I wanted to trust him. But then, I don't know where I got a call from my stepdad again. And he goes, son, dial that last one and press send. And I was like... If that isn't a sign, I don't know what is. (laughs) And so I dialed the last one. I hit send. The ambulance was there almost within a minute. Um, They came inside, uh, took him to the hospital, and one of the ladies stayed behind with me, and she goes, I don't think he had more than a couple hours left. Um, He got to the hospital, and in the ER, after the ER, like after I left the ER for that day, I, I spoke to a nurse and I was like, "Can you just tell me what his vitals are, what he's, what he's like?" Um, and she said, "Well, I've never seen somebody with his vitals alive. Um, he had a level, he had a three hemoglobin level out of 14, um, and he had like one or two units of blood in his body out of the eight that he should have had. Um, forgive me if those numbers are wrong, but." Um, and she said she'd never seen it before. And the only reason it happened is because he, he, he had been losing blood so slowly that his body was able to compensate for it. Um, so he was able to stay alive. But anyways, the, just to kind of in the sake of time, um, after several weeks or about a week in the hospital, the doctor had told us that he was not going to live. They said that his liver had past the point of no return. 
and that the following day they would be taking him off life support. And that night was the worst night of my life. And uh, called Pastor Durrell and Diana, and they came right over to the hospital. Um, we hung out in the hospital room with him. Um, we prayed. And Diana mentioned that she saw this twinkle in his eye, and I had seen it too. And it just was like, it was this thing of like, I'm not going anywhere. I, I like just, you know, keep praying for me. I'm fighting. Um, and it, I still, at this point, I still had yet to come to God. Um, but he, he survived the following day. And I just, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Um, so come the end of September, he's still alive. It's been, he's now two weeks past his death. Um, and I, you know, I hadn't found answers, but he still, he, he was still supposed to die. Like they, they kept saying, you know, he's going to die. Um, I couldn't find answers from the doctor. I couldn't find answers from my family. And I, sh- I really couldn't find answers within myself. So I turned to the place I should have turned to in the first place. And I started studying uh, the Lord's Word. And the, the feeling that I had when I finally understood it, and I, I opened up my heart and let Jesus in, it was just like, I could not shut up about it. The, the following day, all I did or the following week, all I did was just talk about it. Even people who knew about Christ already, I was like, let me tell you about this guy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then, I, mean, I, I promise you, if Jesus himself had walked among me in the flesh that day, I'd be like, hey, Jesus, can I tell you about you? <laughs> like, and he'd be like, well, I, I, I lived it. I did it. But I'd be like, no, I still got to tell you, though. Like, I couldn't. It was amazing. Um, and it, I'm so thankful. It just... It put everything into perspective, and whether whether he had died or not, I knew it was in God's plan, and he got to hold, you know, his grandchildren, and that was amazing. <laughs> um, and now I get to watch the Super Bowl with him today. Um, it just it's been a <laughs> it's been amazing what God has done. Amen, Tyler. Well, we are so grateful to God for what He's done. And that's what we want to celebrate today is that Jesus, that supper with the disciples, he was getting ready to go to the cross. And you know what he said to the disciples? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. And he was comforting them in the face of his own imminent death. And it was a death like none other because God the Father turned his back on God the Son. And he shed his blood for the sins of the entire world. And that's what he does. He flips the light on for us. And we come to realize that he did that for me, for me. And I put my faith and my trust in him and what he did to pay for my sins. And I can be a child of the King. And it is a wonderful story. I wanted you to hear it. There are so many more details. Yeah. For the sake of time, we won't share them. But Tyler has a wonderful dad. And uh, he is a fighter. And he is here. And he's going to cheer the Broncos on. My prediction is 27-13. Um, now, David Rudy's prediction is the opposite. He's wearing Broncos colors, though. He is. But that's just a, fa- that's a facade. So, uh, good. But we are so, uh, so we're going to have a word of prayer, and then um, I think Paul has the rest. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I, I did my part, so let's have a word of prayer. Father, we are grateful for Jesus.
And as we look back at that last supper, that last Passover that is done, um, we're so thankful for that shadow that looked forward to Jesus. And then when Jesus came, we no longer needed the shadow because we have the real thing. And so many thousands and millions of people looked forward to Jesus coming. And now so many millions look backward. The fact that he did come and live a sinless life so that he could be our substitute. And we look back at that today with thanksgiving as we look at a young man like Tyler and his, his dad and, and, and Paula and just the, the family that you have touched through Christ. We're grateful for who you are and what you do. And we just want to be a part of it. And this morning, we thank you for what you did and what you were doing. And as we celebrate this time this morning, would you receive honor and glory for who you are and what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've really been looking forward to today. It's been some time since I've gathered around the table with other believers and shared in the time that Mike was talking about. You've heard the word Eucharist before, maybe not known exactly what it meant until Mike explained it today, meaning the giving of thanks to the Lord. I grew up calling this Lord's Table, Lord's Supper, or Communion. And it's interesting how communion is is not just with God, but it's with each other. You know, as a, a community, as a body of believers, we are able to gather around the Lord's table. This is His table. And a lot of events in history uh, teach us through that experience. And I'm not going to take a lot of time before we uh, serve this, and I'll explain a little bit how, how we're going to do it, but to make a few comments to build upon what, what Mike was saying, three words that I'd, I'd like to just mention. The, the first word is remembrance. Back when I was a little kid, I remember seeing carved on the front of the communion table, uh, this do in remembrance of me. And the word remembrance, it was really a very common word all through Israel's history as God was telling His people to remember these things. And Tyler was telling something he remembered, uh, telling the story. In fact, God said, I want you to rehearse these things with your children. From the very beginning of Genesis, God is telling a story. And the story is one of redemption. All the way through, you see it. It's like this, this red cord running from Genesis all the way to Revelation telling the story of the wonderful works of God and the work of Jesus Christ and redemption. And the word remembrance that, that we think about is, is really going back to, to the Passover. And you remember when Israel was in Egypt? And they were slaves. They had been captive there for many, many years. And the Lord sent Moses to deliver them. And so there were plagues brought, and Pharaoh would let them go and bring them back and say, yes, you can go and bring them back. And do you remember the final plague? He said, I'm going to bring uh, death to every home, the firstborn. And for Israel, he said, I want you to put... Uh, take a lamb, every home, take a lamb. And this lamb, I want you to sacrifice. as a sacrifice and atone for sin. And take the blood from that lamb 
and put it on the doorpost of your home, on the top and on the two sides. You can see a cross right there. He said, I want you to do this. And then I want you to have a meal. And the meal was called the Passover. And they had unleavened bread because they didn't have time to wait for the for it to rise. And so he said, you take your garment and you tuck it into your belt. You have your sandals on. You're ready to go. You're ready to depart. Slay this lamb, the Passover lamb, and put the blood on the top of the doorpost and on the two sides. And that night, as the Lord passes over the land of Egypt, every home that he sees the blood, he will pass over that home and there will be no death. And so this this blood atonement of this lamb will be as a protection for that family. And then the meal that they would share for many years to come was called the Passover, and they remembered what the Lord had done for them. And uh, they, they celebrated that. All through Israel's history, the Lord would say, you know, make a monument, put these stones here, and, and remember what I've done, and tell your children. Deuteronomy 6 says that, so to love the Lord with all your heart and to teach this to your children. You know, Diane and I were talking on the way to church this morning how, <clears throat> you know, we've been packing boxes and unpacking boxes and moving, and uh, you'll come across a picture album, and you start flipping through, and you see the kids when they're little, and I mean, you're just, your mind just goes back to all the great memories uh, that we had as a family, and every picture, it tells a story. And that's what we like to do. Well, they didn't have cameras back then. Uh, they may have drawn pictures, but they had monuments. And and God said, I want you to keep on telling these stories. Just like this, Tyler, keep on telling that story. Because God gets all the glory for it. I mean, God is so good. And so, remembrance, what we do with this table, and when Jesus was with his disciples, it, it, it uh, gathered around this table it, they were celebrating the Passover feast. Isn't that... It's, it's, see, He is the Passover lamb. Christ is the final lamb. And when He was shedding His blood, He did it for good. In other words, it was settled as He cried on the cross, it is finished, means no other lambs. All of these lambs in the past, all of the slaughtering of lambs are a picture of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And only God and man, Jesus, was able to die to be the perfect substitute to take your place and my place upon the cross. And so this table has a remembrance going all the way back to the Passover picture and how that was fulfilled in prophecy as the Lamb of God has has completed the final task. And that's when He says, this is my body and this is my blood. And this is being made complete. And so, but he says, keep on remembering. Keep on remembering. And I think that, that what happens is there, there are really two ways that we remember. And I find it easy, easy for me to recall these. One, the, the words of God. We have this Bible. And this is the Word of God. And His words that He gives to us, we need to remember His words. Sometimes His words are hard to believe because we're struggling. We're thinking, I know He says that. I know He says that, but I'm just having a hard time believing that because His Word gets tested in your life when you go through particular experiences. But not only do we have His words, we have His works. 
If you look back over even your own personal life, God's words and His works, and how much we have to thank Him for. And so that's the second word is thanksgiving. We have remembrance, and when we have remembrance, we have great cause today it's like, it's like when we heard this testimony being shared of thanksgiving to God. It's almost as if we erupt with praise. Uh, and that's why when they call this the Eucharist, people say, well, that sounds like Catholic. <laughs> uh, Eucharist, that's a Greek word. It means that when you stop to consider what God has done for us in sending His Son to wash away our sins and how He rose again the third day and He lives in us. When you accept Christ as your Savior, He lives in you and He intercedes for you and He helps you and He encourages you and He's preparing a home for you in heaven someday. So this life is temporary. So all of these things of drawing us and saving us and and giving us life and help and all of that He's done causes us to, to just bring forth praise and thanksgiving. So this table, it's not just that he says we give thanks for this, but that we have praise and honor to him and to his name. And then the last word that I was going to mention was worship. And uh, worship is ascribing worth or ascribing value, which we do corporately here, which we do every day in our lives. We should worship him. And that's really the result of remembering and giving thanks and praise, and then we have acceptable worship. It's not that we have to go slaughter a lamb or perform a lot of good works. Um, Worship comes in thanking God for what He's done. So I'd like to just read. I was going to read from uh, Exodus. Mike made reference to this in, in in the beginning about the shadow of things to come. And let me just read in Exodus 12 where it says, On the same night I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destruction, plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. So that's where we get the Passover. Then, of course, uh, we see in Isaiah 53 that Jesus is the Lamb uh, slain for us. But then the, the text that I'd like to read here, he makes reference in chapter 22 of Luke. Each of the Gospels have this account. But in verse 7 it says, Then came the day of the unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. They left and found just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. He was was at the table. They didn't have chairs. They were reclined around the table with all of His disciples. Judas was included. Peter was there. You think of all of the imperfect people. By the way, uh, this table is going to be, this morning, a bunch of imperfect people (laughs) who believe in Christ. Uh, Peter was there. Remember how he denied the Lord? Thomas was there. He doubted the Lord. And, you know, who's worthy to come to this table? Well, none of us are worthy. But Jesus made you worthy uh, by what He did for you. 
And so taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, this is verse uh, 17, chapter 22, take this and divide it among, among you. For I tell you that I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So he has these representing the bread unleavened, because that's going back to the events of the Passover, and the the fruit of the vine, the wine that uh, represents his blood. And he says, this is my body, this is my blood, is showing to you the death that is going to take place. And so he's communicating these things to them. And there is so often, you've probably read the book uh, before, the, um, the, the, whole, the whole theme of it is, what would Jesus do? You've seen that WWJD, what would Jesus do? And I remember hearing a radio broadcast not long ago, and, and someone said, you know, more than asking what would Jesus do in any particular circumstance, what we'd like to know, is to ask yourself this, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Because that's really the ground and foundation of our faith. What did He do? His words and His works made possible uh, this day. And so we remember, and our remembrance causes great thanksgiving and praise which is acceptable worship, which the church does together. Now, typically, when gathered together around this table, people say, well, how do we... And I'm sure you've probably participated before, but uh, what we're going to do is I'll have some of the men help me pass out uh, a piece of unleavened bread. And uh, once uh, all of you have that, you don't have to do this. This is for people who believe in Christ, and this is, uh, you, you know, you don't have to partake of it. But uh, to go ahead and take that and just hold it until everyone uh, has, has the bread. And then we'll take it together. And then we'll do the same with, with the grape juice uh, representing his blood. You know, I think that one of the things I was always told to do, make sure there's no sin in your life because you don't want to be taking this if there's sin in your life. And, and uh, sometimes I'm afraid I'm going to do something if I take this and I've got sin in my life. I think that we've got to be careful that we don't make the focus of this me. Uh, it's not, it's, it, we're remembering the Lord. It's not all about me. So I can be overly introspective. Now, if you know there's something there that you need to resolve with, with the Lord, um, then it's a good time to do that, you know, just to, to talk to the Lord about that. If there are needs that you have in your life, I think it's just a, it's a communion time between you and the Lord. And, and, the, the primary focus is to give thanks to Him. Lord, thank You for dying on the cross for my sins, for paying the debt, washing them away, and coming into my life and giving me a home in heaven and for being there for me every day. And thank You for all that You've done and all that You'll do. And make this a time of praise to Him and thanks to Him. So if the men could come, and assist me. We will pass this out and uh, we'll have the
I'll have a word of prayer here. And uh, some of the pastors, if you want to come and help out too. We'll... All right, Father, we just thank you so much for your body and for giving your life, coming here on, in human form to redeem us. Thank you for the pain and the sacrifice and all that you went through on the cross to give us life and life eternal. And so it's with great thanksgiving that we remember this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's interesting that when, sure, when Christ was breaking that bread and passing that out, that he understood the weight of what he said. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And they were just grasping pieces of it. You know, they were 
It's trying to come together. And I think we're always learning and growing in that. It becomes more significant the more we understand. Uh, by, by taking this, this isn't the way we receive Christ uh, in salvation. We receive Christ in salvation by belief. We believe upon Him. We accept Him into our hearts. We, we call upon Him and He comes into our hearts and lives. But this is in remembrance of Him and, and one of, of thanksgiving. So it's, it's with great thanks and remembrance to Christ for this when He says, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Representative of the blood of Christ, it washes away our sins. And all of the lambs that have been slaughtered in the history of Israel and all the sacrifices being made, uh, this is the final one. This is when Jesus said, it's finished. Um, no other sacrifice needs to be made. And you know, when you accept Christ as your Savior, He washes away all your sin. All of it. Past, present, future, every part of it. There's nothing more you have to do. You are accepted, perfect, pure, holy, clean forever because of what He did. Doesn't that just want to make you say thank you? (laughs) It just makes you want to just praise Him that He was able to do that for you. So Lord, we thank You and praise You. We praise Your name for the work of Your blood and the gift of eternal life uh, to wash away even just one of our lives, the immense amount of sin, and make it just spotless, permanently, eternally. In Jesus' name, amen.
Lord said to his disciples, This cup is New Testament in my blood. Drink ye all of it. Next thing they did is they sang a hymn. And that's what we're going to do in a moment. And they left. Do you remember what happened right after that? They went out of the upper room, down across the Kidron Valley, into a little garden called Gethsemane. And that's where he was betrayed. They led him off to Caiaphas' house where he was beaten, spent the night being accused, led away the next day to be crucified. And I think that the thoughts that we have at this table, I'd like to challenge you to carry in to Monday, into Monday. And, and three little thoughts. One is remember. Remember. Remember what He's done. Remember what He's said. Remember what He's proven. Remember it time and time again in so many lives. Remember, remember, and give thanks. Give thanks. Sometimes it's hard to give thanks when we don't understand. But in everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So remember, give thanks, and worship. Worship. And for the Christian, this isn't what we do on Sunday. Uh, We get to do it together. And this is meaningful together, the community of our church. But worship and thanksgiving and remembrance is something we do every day. It's easier to do it here. But you know, when Monday comes, you're going to need to go back to remembering who God is, what He said, what He's proven over and over again. Give Him thanks for that and worship Him. And that's, that's when joy becomes just the way of, of how we live. And so, we're not really going to Calvary like Christ was, but we're going into the week and we need the same truth. So when we sing this last hymn as Paul comes to lead us, let's sing with just praise and thanksgiving to God for this time that we could share together as a church, as a church family. Aren't you glad that God lets us come together as a church family and to encourage each other? Uh, It's sweet. There's something special about God's family and getting to meet together like this and do this together at this table. And we're very grateful for that. Paul? I'll have the music team come up. We're jumping off that last part that Matt said. When they walked out, before they walked out, they sang a hymn. And my thoughts go to, at the end of that, I'm not really sure how um, exciting they sang the hymn. I think there was confusion. There was uh, nervousness. They knew what they were walking out. It, the meeting that they had together was not a banner on the, you know, come to this room and meet together. It was in secret that they got together. And they knew that what they were going out to. And when Christ died, I think there was a lot of uh, hopelessness. But you'll remember in the book of Acts, they gathered back together. Because now they had seen Jesus crucified. I wonder what the song was like then. I wonder when Christ showed himself to them. And later when they sang a hymn together. I think it was different. This song is exciting to me. Because it talks about God's love. And now we can like they eventually got to look back. And say this is a celebration. Now when we get together every time. 
We're going to celebrate what Christ done in the resurrection. So let's stand as we sing. This is the Father's love. Sing it as a celebration. We walk out to the week with this celebration. How has the sinner been?